Live from WNUR News, I'm Iris Worthow. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1 Evanston, Chicago. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, some tips on how to survive the Chicago winter. A man called Otto in review. A snapshot of student stand-up performers and a combination of sport and artistry with insight on the Sundance Film Festival and NFL Divisional Games. These stories and more now on WNUR News. Thanks for tuning in. Sophomore reporter Ari Burnick went out and asked some Northwestern students about their experiences with the Chicago winter. They had some advice to give. Paul O'Connor has the story. It's the middle of January, which means the Chicago winter is upon us. For students from Illinois and other areas in the Midwest, this comes as a little shock. But for the many from states such as California, Texas, and Florida, there's a lot to adjust to. Here's sophomore reporter Ari Burnick with first-year Molly Zwieback. Are you worried about your first Chicago winter? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, a little bit worried. I've just never had anything like it before. Because where are you from again? I'm from the Bay Area, California. These concerns are justified. Winter in Chicago often begins in early November and can last past April. Snow and other kinds of precipitation are common. Temperatures can dip into the negatives, and this doesn't account for the winds from Lake Michigan that batter the campus. And where are you guys from? I'm from Columbia. I'm from England. And how was your experience with your first Chicago winter? I hated it. It felt like a ghost town and there was nobody here. Uh, yeah, I thought it would be a lot less cold than it actually was. Uh, I underestimated the, the wind coming from the lake. Even those with better experiences of the Chicago winter had their gripes. Here's Weinberg third year, Seth Pearson. How have your experiences been with the Chicago winter? <laughs> so far, so good. Not too bad. Honestly, better than I was expecting, but way too long. It can be difficult to know where to start. Again, here's Molly's Weeback from California. Have you taken any measures to prepare for the winter? Other than getting like boots and a jacket. Okay. Kind of going in blind. Others have more concrete ideas about how to handle the Chicago winter. Biggest tip on how to prepare for Chicago winter? Get a really big and durable coat that will last you the four years because it's an investment. What is your biggest tip on how to survive a Chicago winter? I have the, the fleece line tights and then you wear them under everything. What's your biggest piece of advice for freshmen? For freshmen, make friends and stay busy. Unfortunately, there are some things that can't be solved by a good winter coat. Students from warm regions might not be prepared for a five-month winter, physically or emotionally. This lack of preparedness can spill over into academic and social life, making it harder to engage with the community. 
Here's Weinberg first year Stephanie Martinez from Miami, Florida. I thought it was gonna be a lot colder, um, but I didn't think that like the weather was gonna affect my mood. And for lower income students, a good winter coat might be harder to come by. Students can apply to the SES Winter Gear Program, which works to provide every student with some protection against the winter. They gave me like $300 to buy on JCPenney like coats and boots and a scarf and like a hoodie. Getting a decent coat is the first big step for anyone preparing to face the Chicago winter. But it's important not to let the less visible effects of a five-month winter go unnoticed. A coat can only do so much to protect you from the darkness within. Reporting for WNUR News, I'm Paul O'Connor. Stay warm. Warning. This package contains mentions of suicide. Tom Hanks' new film, titled A Man Named Otto, hit theaters January 13th, receiving a 7.6 out of 10 IMDb rating. Amelia Donhauser speaks with Northwestern students who, fresh from the cinema, have thoughts on the new drama. Whom do you picture when you hear the name Otto? When I hear the name, I envision a grumpy old man living alone, and this is exactly whom Tom Hanks plays in his new film, A Man Called Otto. The film is an American adaptation of the Swedish hit movie and book, A Man Called Ove. It is about an elderly widower whose energetic next-door neighbors bring light back into his life. Tom Hanks is famous for capturing audiences by playing endearing characters. Esquire even gave him the name America's Dad in 2016. Hanks attracts viewers in his new movie with his rough outside, which fans fall in love with throughout the movie, as his humility and generosity shine through. Greasy Corbett, a first year at Northwestern, recently saw the movie and said she believes Hanks plays characters in a way that convinces the audience he is truly that character. I think that the roles of his plays are pretty, usually like very like iconic, like very much like lead roles. Um, the only ones that come to mind are Toy Story and <laughs> Forrest Gump. Oh, and Sully. So he plays, he just has a very like wide range. He can play like comedy, he can do um, dramas. Corbett also agreed that she thinks of him as America's dad because of a Saturday Night Live skit. I kind of do because of the SNL skit. Like he's like sitting by a fire and he's like talking about how he's America's dad. And he's like, I'm gonna read you a story, champ. And it's really sweet and it makes me happy. And, and I was like, wow, he really is America's dad. Is feeling a little nervous these days. <laughs> and I'm a responsible father, so I thought maybe it's time we had a little chat. Perhaps his character, Otto, is Hanks' greatest attempt to cement this term. He is grumpy yet lovable and begrudgingly helps his overzealous next-door neighbors, attaching audiences to his heartbreaking personal struggle. Indy Goldberg, a sophomore at Northwestern, recently saw the film and shared her reactions. She believes Hanks was cast perfectly for the character. Um, considering it was the idea of like a grumpy old man living in um, kind of this time loop of him just doing the exact same thing day after day and... Um, living in these condos, like, in very rural America, um, 
yeah, it made a lot of sense. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was really sad um, at parts, but they also included um, some really great moments of humor that brought a nuance to the movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. The humor throughout the movie adds light to the movie, especially as Otto continues to attempt to reunite with his wife, who passed away months prior. He attempts suicide multiple times throughout the movie, but is unsuccessful each time. Goldberg also said she read the book before the movie and liked the American adaptation. I also read the book um, before seeing the movie, which was A Man Called Ove, and so it was nice to see how the film adapted to the book's structure. Without spoiling the film, Goldberg said she believes the movie's ending was a poetic way to end the film. I thought the ending was wonderful. Um, I thought it was in ways unpredictable and predictable at the same time, which brought the audience kind of this, like, happiness and settling feeling about the whole film. Um, yeah, I thought it was a very good way to end it. The ending caught both Corbett and Goldberg off guard. They were surprised, but they both said they believed it was right for the character and his story arc. At times, the film is difficult to watch as the viewer watches Otto struggle with the realities of growing old alone while coping with the tragedies of the past. The film is a reminder to the audience that although at times life seems lonely and incomprehensible, there is beauty in mundanity. Small interactions mean more to people than one may think. See it. I did cry at the movie. For WNUR News, I'm Amelia Donhauser. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.11 p.m. Central Time. A variety of comedians, ranging from Katherine Hahn to Seth Meyers, graduated from Northwestern and achieved success in the industry. But how does a journey in comedy start at Northwestern? Ella Barnes has the story up next. Comedy is ingrained in Northwestern tradition. It seems like every weekend there's a new comedy show being advertised on Instagram, from Titanic to Meow to The Bix to ODB to NSTV to The Blackout. You get the gist. Notable comedians like Seth Meyers, Sarah Sherman, Z-Way, and more have risen from the trenches of college comedy to the big leagues. But while some students have years of comedy training under their belts, others are just now getting to the punchline. On Friday, January 20th, students continued this comedy tradition with a stand-up show in Lutkin Hall called Ha Ha Ha, and that's the actual name of the show, not just me laughing. Lipstick Theater presented the show. They produce art that celebrates feminist ideals, putting women and non-binary people in the spotlight. Thirteen students performed. The show was about two hours long, with each student getting their own five to ten minute set. And for a lot of them, it was their first time diving into the world of stand-up. Casey Wiseman is part of two comedy groups on campus, ODB and the Bix. But this was his first time venturing from the sketch and improv comedy he usually sticks to. So, I'm gay. No, I was talking about as well. So, I'm gay. I basically want to take you guys on my journey through my identity because I think it's been very interesting to explore. And as the white gay, I think I've had a pretty unique experience. <laughs> 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 Many
many of the students' sets focused on their relationships with sexuality, gender, religion, and more. I'm also Jewish, and um, I'm from white Asian. I've discovered a couple things about society. There's this thing society, it's really hard to notice, it's link and you'll miss it. It's called oppression. <laughs> <laughs> when Casey was asked about how he thought his set went, he had a few thoughts. From what people are telling me, it went pretty good. I mean, when I went, when I was doing it, it was kind of like, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience. Like, I was kind of nervous. But it was, like, also, just like, super fun in the moment. And I was, like, and I was, like, this is, I was, like, getting, like, laughs. And it was, like, fueling me on. And I was, like, I, I could get used to this. And, like, stand-up is just you up there all alone. Like, you, you got no one to rely on. And you just, you just, you, like... Got to use all of your own funny to make something happen. Dune Zawatsky was also a performer on Friday's show. Do you need jackets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Let's talk about my childhood. People hate jackets. Like they're cool with like little chubby babies, but like even around like, my own parents, like having like a rude-esque child, like bum me away. I was able to grab an interview with her post-show to ask how she felt about her set. How do you feel about your stand-up routine? How do you feel like it went? I feel like it went good. I feel like I was the second to last, which is a fact. And I don't know. Some of them didn't hit quite as I'd imagined, but some of them, I think I got people moving. You know, might be my last time doing it, but I think I went in, I changed the game. I subverted the genre and I'll retire. Like an early retire, still leave hot. That's what I think. The audience reaction was overall positive, and the crowd just about filled Lutkin Hall. Freshman Emma Nelson let the show entertained. I thought it was super funny. Everyone who went up on stage had a different style. They were all still very funny. And I thought the energy in the room was really great. And there are some people with some great laughs in the crowd. Mainly, particularly one person who, I, who I've got in mind, who's on the brain. <laughs> From WNUR News, I'm Ella Barnes. It's Monday night, so you know what that means. Time for a new edition of The B-List, WNUR News' weekly pop culture briefing. Here's Allison Rauch with more. Welcome to The B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Sundance, Razzies, and the Road to the Super Bowl. In movies, the Sundance Film Festival kicked off last Thursday in Utah. The festival adopted a hybrid model for 2023 after two years of being completely virtual. With the return to in-person format comes questions about accessibility. Jury member Marley Matlin's wireless closed captioning device malfunctioned during a screening of the film magazine Dreams. Matlin and a few jury members simply left the screening to watch the film later, sparking rumors of a walkout. Sources from Sundance apologized for the error and stated they are committing to improving accessibility for all attendees. The Golden Raspberry Awards, aka the Razzies, announced their nominations today. The Marilyn Monroe biopic Blonde garnered eight nominations, including Worst Picture, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Director. Also nominated is Tom Hanks for Worst Supporting Actor and Worst Actor for roles in Pinocchio and Elvis. The winners will be announced March 11th. 
In Celebrity, Lisa Marie Presley's public memorial service took place yesterday at the Graceland Mansion in Memphis, Tennessee. The daughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley was 54. Paris Fashion Week wrapped up on Saturday after six days of high-impact shows highlighting designers' menswear. And in sports, the NFL Divisional Round games wrapped up this weekend. Saturday saw the Kansas City Chiefs clinching a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles handily beating the New York Giants. Yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers pulled out a win over the Dallas Cowboys. Conference championship games are set for Sunday. The 49ers will face the Eagles at 2 p.m. CST and the Bengals will play the Chiefs at 5.30 p.m. CST. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Allison Rauch. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.18 p.m. Central Time. I'm Iris Swarthout. In the headlines tonight, Northwestern's Allison Dining Commons celebrated Lunar New Year this Sunday. With Asian foods like pork dumplings and red bean-inspired desserts, students could eat brunch while engaging with traditional Asian activities, like the lion dance. The event was hosted by NU Dining and the Korean American, Taiwanese American, and Chinese Student Associations. It's a lucky week for Fall Out Boys fans. The band announced a last-minute, quote, incredibly rare, unquote, Chicago performance today. Tickets for Wednesday's performance went up for sale today at noon, and only those 18 and older can attend. COVID-19 vaccinations might evolve into annual shots, said the Federal Food and Drug Administration today. The announcement came after a stagnation in booster vaccinations, with the Associated Press stating that 16% of those eligible have received the latest August booster. As for the ongoing war in Ukraine, Poland Prime Minister Mateusz Romowiecki said today that their government would send tanks to Ukraine even if Berlin does not grant authorization. The statements come after Poland's growing pressure on its Western allies to send military hardware to Kyiv. Taking a look at the weather for tonight, our morning of sunshine will fade into cloudiness overnight. Just below freezing temperatures will continue into tomorrow, with lows hitting 30 degrees and daytime highs at 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds ranging between 10 and 20 miles per hour bring the wind chill to just under 20 degrees Fahrenheit, so layer up. Later in the week, we see wet snow and not too low of a temperature drop into the 20 degree Fahrenheit range. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR News. Again, that's WNUR.news. Our producer today is Brandon Condritz, and our reporters are Paul O'Connor, Amelia Donhauser, Ella Barnes, and Allison Rauch. I'm Iris Worthout. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. 
Catch our next newscast on Wednesday, January 25th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.